Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, where we get comics, pop culture, and sports, and get ready for some pop culture. Oh my god, will this be pop culture today, as we are finally talking about Netflix Tiger King. What was it? Murder, Mystery, and Madness, or Murder, Mayhem? Murder, Mayhem, and Madness, Madness, which all three of those are accurate. Yep. (laughs) That, of course, was the voice of Craig Needles, who will be joining me for the Tiger King conversation, as will Jess Brady. How the heck are you, Jess? Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> it's low-hanging fruit, but somebody had to do it. <laughs> I've been planning that since we decided we were doing this, okay? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Had to be done. Had, somebody had to say it at one point. Um, My God. Tiger King. God, where do we even start? I mean, uh, uh, Jesus. Uh, here's, here's, so, here's what I think as far as how we can do it. Should we just, like, discuss it character by character, do you think? Do we have that kind of time? <laughs> no, we don't have that kind of time. There's too many people in oh, all the are... marriages alone. My God. Oh, True. Man. Uh, Why don't we just start with, like, your initial impression from the first, uh, even just the introduction, before you see Tiger King pop up on the screen in text. What did you make of just the initial introduction? What was your first thought, I guess? My first thought was, I... I, I kind of wanted to avoid this because I saw it pop up on Netflix and I wanted to avoid it because the, the way it was framed on the Netflix uh, homepage to me was uh, this is another how to make a murder type of thing. And I didn't watch how to make a murder when it came out because I knew it was going to do nothing except anger me and make my blood boil for, for how um, <laughs> just incompetent the uh, – police forces in the united states are and there's plenty of that in this series let me tell you uh but yeah it it, (laughs) it wasn't exactly that it it was obviously that but with like the most glorious like (laughs) i'm just gonna say it sort of softcore porny type of type of atmosphere that that this that this where it's like i can't believe what i'm watching this is all ridiculous this is this is something you like this is the atmosphere and the way people are dressing this is like a weird like skinamax movie except these people exist in real life i don't know what was your first impression there craig uh i was a little bit in disbelief like i didn't know like i knew that roadside zoos existed Mm. i didn't know that this culture where you could just trade tigers back and forth. And, uh, there was like this competitive aspect to it, uh, cutthroat to say the least. I didn't realize, realize, and maybe I should have, uh, there was this, in, there's this, uh, tiger or this big cat subculture that included all of these ridiculous characters and whoever the documentarians are that decided, Hey, yo, these, these are some people we should follow for a few years. Uh, you have, uh, you have earned your keep there friends because you pick the right horses. Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it did start with Rick Kirkham who like, didn't did he used to work yeah. at CBS or some nonsense? Like, like he, he used was, to work at inside edition. Yeah. Like he was, he was kind of big time. And then, yeah, I don't know now, what he, happened. He wasn't yeah. the very start of it. I, I, there was other document, uh, document, documentary makers that were 
that were part of it. But Rick Herker was like producing this reality show, which was different footage, and he was doing like live shows from the zoo. So Rick mm-hmm. obviously, uh, I, I don't want to say had fallen on hard times, but he saw uh, Joe as a way to, to to make some money on a reality show. Which uh, looking back now, I guess you can understand why he thought that. Yeah, for sure. Like he was clearly right on the money with that one, and if, unfortunately for him, he wasn't able to get it. Because I believe Joe Exotic burned all of his footage, which is something that that's right in that show, and it it, it never really like I, I never fully understood the motivations as to why Joe Exotic burned down the studio with that housed all the footage. I guess uh, it was like evidence against him in some sort of one of the many things that Carol Baskins was trying to uh, try had like one of the many ways she was trying to take down Joe Exotic. I mean, just my God. Um, what was your initial impression on this, Jess? Well, <laughs> I think I was about a week late to watching it. So, so many people had already tweeted about it. There were memes popping up everywhere. So, it was like a Friday night and I watched the first episode and, and I sort of like live tweeted my experience. And uh, I, I pulled up my tweets here just for reference <laughs> so I can remember. And I've got my, my, one of my first ones was, I'm 15 minutes in. Initial thoughts. One, LOL, Florida. <laughs> it's, 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 I, I've, I've tweeted this many times. Florida is what happens when your main exports are alligators and meth, man. Like, <laughs> it, is, it is bizarre. Like, it's a trip. Uh, two, dude was out shopping for snakes with a snow leopard in his van. <laughs> Joe wears a lot of sequins. And then four, Carol is allergic to cats. And then I included the gif of Bubbles from Trailer Park Boys just with his, like, crazy eyes blinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, like, overstimulation. It was, like, too much. You're like, who is, what is, where are these people? Um, so, yeah, it was it was a lot to take in all at once. And I think that feeling of befuddlement carried through the entire series because I just couldn't believe that that was how everybody lived and it was just so bizarre it was like stepping into an alternate reality i i the the biggest i think twist that this thing had for me personally is the fact that joe exotic was the only person who went to jail at the end of this (laughs) of of the filming of this like i believe they started felt like the the documentary crew for that started filming back in like 2013 so this is like a big like six seven year project that they've been working on and I'm just watching this going, man, <laughs> these people are all terrible for, like, with, with po- one or two, like, fringe exceptions. These people are, I would like, I wouldn't let them borrow five bucks from me because I know I would never get that five bucks back. It, it was, oh, it was beyond anything. Um, if you let Jeff Lowe borrow five bucks, you would somehow owe him 15 by the time he paid you back the five. Or, yeah, or, or at least he would convince me that I, or attempt to convince me that I did. But unfortunately, I'm, I'm not so easily. Tra- yeah, that, that ne- like never trust a man who has affliction gear in 2020. In fact, never trust a man who had affliction gear in 2005 when that was popular amongst the broskies. Affl- like the broskies. Don't wear affliction gear anymore. It is it has gone out of style with MMA broskies for God's sake. And that man, I believe in the in the interview with uh, with, with uh, oh God from uh, Community. Come on now, uh, Joel McHale. Joel McHale. Thank you, Craig. Glad somebody was there. Uh, in the interview <laughs> with Joel McHale, he said he had like a hundred or something uh, affliction T-shirts, and I was just like, who would give this man money? Right? Like, <laughs> uh, oh, absolutely yep. insane. 
absolutely insane. And might have been the sickest individual in the entire movie, uh, in t- entire series. Oh, Jeff Lowe was the worst person, I think. You think so? Like, I, because I, I think that there's an incredible debate as to who the worst person on this show is, <laughs> and, and the fact that like eight people have a claim is, wow, unbelievable. Like Jeff Lowe, I think, I yeah. Think Okay. I think it's Jeff Lowe, mm-hmm. Carol Baskin, and for Carol Baskin to be the worst person, you have to be a very, very specific set of circumstances, but perhaps a likely set of circumstances. Mm-hmm. Jeff Lowe, Carol Baskin, Doc Antiel, who I think it doesn't get talked about enough for how awful he is, oh, okay. and of course, Joe Exotic. Yeah. Uh, so what are your, uh, like, if you had to rank, I mean, I'm not saying that, but who would you say is the worst for your for your money, Craig? Jeff Lowe. Okay. And what are your reasons for that? Because number one with a bullet for me, not to steal from anything you are about to say, is uh, the putting of baby tigers into suitcases is... Uh... That was on my list. Yes. Yeah, pretty disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that uh, even though like Joe Exotic gave the police plenty of evidence as far as reasons why he may have been trying to kill Carol Baskin, I do believe that Jeff Lowe kind of pushed him into what wound up happening. I do think Jeff Lowe stole the zoo. And let's not forget the affliction stuff you were just talking about. There's a lot of reasons why Jeff yeah. Lowe is the worst. God. And the Harley Davidson leather jackets with the with the affliction gear and the and the, the caps looking like a, a a bad white rapper from two thousand two, but like it's not two thousand two, it's twenty twenty. Like my God in heaven. And then he's got this like freaky wife who looks like she's twelve yeah. years old. And yeah, the nanny like oh. he, he's like it's just uh uh he it feels like he's not a particularly good partner i think is a reasonable thing to say from what we've seen <laughs> God damn it. I, so my my power rankings for the for the big four as far as who i think is the worst one jeff Lowe. two i can go ahead and i'm gonna go ahead and say carol baskin yeah. and my reasoning is one uh, I don't know if anyone in this series committed murder except for Carol Baskin, who I'm not saying did murder her husband, but like, I'm not saying it. She didn't like, you know, it's like, so, and then uh, three is probably Joe exotic and four is doc Antiel, but they're all really bad to be yeah, clear. I'm not a fan of any of them. Yes. Carol Baskin. I tell you, I, I think for me the, the the fringe person actually before before I get into that let, let me ask Jess what were, what was your who who did you have as, as number one in your naughty list I guess for this particular it's, show it's a, it's a bit of a mess and I have a hard time <laughs> ranking things at the best of times <laughs> I'm a little indecisive uh, but I would put Doc Antle much higher uh, okay. just because I just feel like he's way more insidious uh and the way like at the end obviously unproven allegations that he gassed the baby tigers when they were no longer money makers for like the petting uh and pictures and things like that plus the very strange cult like uh atmosphere with the yeah, women who work there his I hair don't even, i don't even think you need the word like i think it is flat out a cult like they call yeah. him doc he in no way has any sort of phd whatsoever he claimed what yeah. do you claim he was a doctor in the mystical sciences or some sort of garbage like he he's, yeah he's not stephen strange he is no, a no. guy who owns a zoo that's <laughs> he's like, super weird I just sort of meant that, like, it's not just him with the cult-like aspect. Like, Carol Baskin and also Joe Exotic, they have their own type of cult going on. Um, But, yeah, I just feel like Doc is way more sinister 
than, uh, you know, Jeff Lowe. Jeff Lowe's uh, a bloody crook. Like, that's mm-hmm. what he is. Yeah. But I feel like Doc Antle is more of the master manipulator. So for me, he ranks higher. And I don't necessarily care that Jeff Lowe stole that zoo because it shouldn't <laughs> have been in Joe Exotic's control anyway. So I don't really see him as necessarily the massive villain that Craig does on his list. But I respect it. I get it. I just, I feel like the rankings are are a little bit different. They're all terrible people, but I would put Doc Antle a lot higher. And Joe, he just seems like he's very unwell. So it's also his behavior. I feel like my viewing of his behavior is is colored by that, by the fact that he is not, you know, a well person, I don't think. But at the end, it was actually quite sad when they cast an eye back to old footage of Joe from when he kind of first started out and he was so quiet and so seemingly very committed to uh, conservation efforts and just to see where he went, like it was like a bad before and after picture. Right. So I just, it's, it's just a mess and uh, like, it's scary that it was allowed to get to that level with him. So yeah, that's, that's a really long way of saying Doc Antle is a lot higher on my list than, than Joe. Or sorry, then uh, what's his face? Jeff Lowe, who is closer to the bottom, but still a horrible person. Yes. Okay. I I, I, I respect your reasoning. And the, here's the thing, though, when you talk about the cult-like aspect of it, which I agree, Doc and Doc Antiel, uh, if you want to say culture, but Carol Baskin had a cult-like thing going on with the T-shirts and the yeah. rankings for everyone who's working with Big Cat Rescue. Mm. Like oh, yeah. that was that was pretty gross too. And uh, again, I think that someone could submit to me like putting those people in any order, one to four, and I would at least be willing to hear the argument. You know? Yeah. 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 For sure. No, and that's why I said, like, they all have their own kind of cult type thing, because Baskin's not paying anybody to do all that effort and all that work and maintenance and upkeep. And Joe, well, I mean, geez, (laughs) I I don't I don't know what kept people there truly, because the conditions were just so poor. So was it desperation that people had nowhere else to go? And they talked about how he liked to, you know, talk to people who were have fallen on hard times and, and offer them a, a job and maybe a place to stay or something. But it's, it's just, oof, it, it seems like a very dark place to have gone and people who are already suffering would then suffer exponentially more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's true. Uh, Joe. Yeah. Joe was his own worst enemy, I think, in a lot of ways. I think we oh, saw God, some yes. of this because he could have just like run his zoo and been fine, and he could have just ignored Carol Baskin and everything would have been okay. But Jeff Lowe said in the eighth episode, which Jess hasn't seen, and I'm looking forward to uh, uh, giving some quotes from the eighth episode to, to Jess and seeing if she can match up who said them. Uh, but in the eighth episode, uh, when they were talking about. Uh, Oh, I've completely lost my train of thought. The horse thing, I'm guessing, Craig? No, no, no. Um, I was talking about Joe. Oh, yeah, S- Saf. I'm going to talk about a quote from Saf. Okay, mm-hmm. coming back in. In three, two. <laughs> in that eighth episode, Saf, who was, uh, I-, I think, pretty clearly one of the good people in this thing, uh, yeah. Saf said, uh, you know, there are times when I would see, you know, Joe really help people who are down in the luck and, and, and down and out and give Joe, and Joe would give them the shirt off his back, I think was the, the quote that Saf used. Uh, so, yeah, I'm sure that he had his nice moments, but he also convinced straight men to marry him by using chemical dependency on drugs, and one of them shot himself. So, like, it just, ugh. Mm-hmm. it's, uh, 
it's a it's a crazy and bizarre world to say the least. Uh, Pink News, which I believe is a UK-based uh, LGBT online kind of news thing, described uh, Saf Craig as quote the series is only non-awful person. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm okay with Eric Cowie, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I, but Eric Cowie did some stuff to those tigers that he probably shouldn't have. So yeah, yeah I think that that might be fair. That might be fair. I, he was the guy with long blonde hair, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. They were comparing him to the dude from uh, Motley Crue, right? And uh, who he revealed in the thing that he hates Motley Crue from the uh, <laughs> in the in the interview with Joel McHale. Um, here's my thing on Jeff Lowe. Jeff Lowe, I think, is the only evil person who the way he goes about his evil it exists within the realm of like actual society. Whereas everybody else to me is just some sort of like cartoonish supervillain where I'm like, wow, I can't believe this person exists in real life. Like, like Jeff Lowe is just basically a white trash version of a, a sleazy wall street executive from the eighties, right? Where he's just misrepresenting his, uh, how much money he has and, and lying about, you know, lying through his teeth to get money. Like he missed his calling. Like if he was born 20 years earlier, he could have been like in the eighties in wall street, just like lying to people about penny stocks and, and, you know, having a sugar bowl of cocaine next to his bed. Right. Whereas here, here's why I don't trust Carol Baskins. Um, <laughs> when she was doing interviews with her husband and her husband, I, I like in, in a thing of, of creepy people, in, in a show filled with creepy people, came off the creepiest to me. Like he looks like like Howard Baskins looked like the 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 butler that was gonna murder people in every murder mystery that has ever existed. <laughs> anytime, it's always a butler. Anytime those two were getting interviewed, he would be talking and she would just be staring at him in this like dis, this sickening like submissive dominant relationship way where she's just staring at him like if you say the wrong thing i'm gonna punish you for it later and i i i i I truly believe that if we got a sit-down interview between like paul bernardo and carla homoko that that's how that would be going where bernardo would just be staring at homoko with that exact same like look the entire time it was fucking creepy like i i swear like that's honestly like real life psycho shit when you just stare at people during interviews like that like it's it's God, it's ridiculous. Like, that that was any time. Like, just go back and watch any of the clips. Anytime Howard Baskins is talking, Carol Baskins is just staring at him, saying, like, whatever you say better get me off the hook for the potential murdering of my husband. Like, it's, it's like, yeah. God, it was, it was so weird. And everybody else is just weird and cartoony, I would say. Like, <laughs> like ah, oh, man, it, it was, it was, it was bizarre. Like, um, as an actual documentary, this will be the one kind of negative thing I, I, I say about this show. As an actual documentary, editing-wise and whatnot, is a little sloppy. I, I Big thought. time. And and uh, like like there's definitely better. There's definitely more well-produced documentaries uh, that exist out there. Like you can look at pretty much the entire thirty for thirty sports library and whatnot. But like like because this thing did stuff where it's like. Boy, what's gonna go on in 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 this sort of thing? Like like Doc Antill is only in like the first four episodes, and then he 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 never uh, resurfaces until I think the last ten se- to the last like kind of wrap up stuff in the last seven episodes, which is kind of a weird way. I don't know I don't know if I would have played it that way, but yeah, it, it's it's a l- little bit sloppy in in terms of of editing and whatnot, and the, and the fact that they were like, oh, you, you know, at the end of the first episode, you kind of were like. 
hey, I wonder how this is going to go. And then it's just a clip of, like, Joe Exotic making a phone call from jail. And you're like, oh, well, I guess that's how that turned out, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was a little strange to me. Uh, what, what did you make of that sort of thing, Jeff? It, honestly, like, it reminded me of a project that you've left to the last minute and rushed to put together and, and it, things just don't flow the way you would have wanted them to. And you're standing up at the, at the front of the class presenting and you're like jumping around and you're like, and then it would be this and then this, this slide. And it doesn't quite make sense. And in your, in your sleep deprived brain, because you stayed up all night putting it together, it makes sense. But then in the light of day, when everyone else is looking at it, they're like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And I think it's also just by virtue of their subjects uh, that it was crazy. So how do you make sense of uh, just insanity? Like, how do you piece it together to make it flow and make sense? I mean, it would have been a task that I would not have wanted. Uh, So I think that I don't want to be like, I know I was pretty harsh there with my assessment, but it just felt a little bit slapdash. But I, I wonder how much better it really could have been because of, of the people that they were dealing with and, and profiling. So I don't know. Like, it just left me feeling a little bit of whiplash at the end, being like, so what exactly happened here? And yeah, that's kind of my assessment that, like you said, sloppy. Um, but I don't know how much of that was on the crew's fault and how much of that was really because they just did what they could with what they had. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I, I can understand it. Look, I, I have a hard time sitting here talking about this with you and just thinking about, hey, wait a minute, there's something we're missing or something we should be talking about um, because there's just so much and yeah. they would have had yeah. so much they didn't even use. Yeah, it, like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm racking my brain right now going through it and being like, man, what? moments should we talk about and it's all just like god it's it's all just one big blur like we we go from like like you mentioned doc antiel who was like forcing his his harem of of women who he entrapped when they were like 16 17 years old to get like boob jobs and stuff like that so that they would look sexier for the photos for his uh for for the advertising for his zoo which is deplorable and then like we haven't even got into joe exotic running for for president and <laughs> what was it governor yeah. of oklahoma that he ran yes. for like, governor oh, man. Yep. yeah and then and uh, don't forget the condoms he handed out with his face on them <laughs> oh, oh god <laughs> I can I cannot imagine a, a more of a mood killer when I would be at that particular <laughs> stage uh of being with a lady where I would be like Hmm. <laughs> is this my is this the right move am i making the right move right now like, oh lord so bad um i don't even like i just have so no, many questions like john 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 finley like john finley like throughout this whole thing i was like man more t-shirts or teeth on john finley <laughs> like both uh, we should well, add for, for jess that john finley does have a new set of teeth Yes. I've heard about this. Mm-hmm. I've, and, I've uh, seen pictures. He looks good. And horrible goatee. And a truly, yeah. truly horrible white trash goatee. Like just not uh, liking yeah. that. No, that no. was uh, that was bad. That was that was really really bad. Um, man. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm gonna give Jess a couple of quotes here and see if she can identify some things. Jess hasn't seen oh, yeah. episode eight. Is that all right with you, Pierce? Yeah, go for it. All right. Okay, first quote. I want to see if you can guess who said this. Keep in mind the people interviewed were Jeff and Lauren Lowe, Eric Cowie, uh, uh, John Finley, 
Saf and um, oh, what was the name Rick, of the zoo Rick manager Kirkham. guy? Rick, Rick Kirkham was interviewed. Was interviewed. What was the name of the zoo manager guy oh, that John, didn't have legs? Renicky or Rinky yeah, yeah, John, John Renicky. Yeah. Oh, that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are several people missing limbs during Tiger King, of course. Yeah. Um, so, uh, one of the people said when asked if Joe Exotic should be released from prison, no, not no, but fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> Who said uh, that? Who said it? Ooh, that's that's hard. Um. I'm going to say Jeff Lowe. No, it was not Jeff Lowe. That was an Eric Cowie quote who seems to have turned on Joe, obviously, over the last little while here. Really? Okay. One of the people told the story about Joe getting a horse. Some lady asked Joe to take care of a horse for a little while. Joe then shot the horse and fed it to tigers. Who do you think witnessed this? Oh, my God. Uh, I'll say... Uh, husband number one. Uh, no, it's not John Finley. That was a uh, guess, though. That was a very good guess because if anyone's gonna, but it, uh, Rick Kirkham apparently saw this and shot it. And oh then my the footage, God. then the footage apparently, well, I would suspect it was amongst the footage that was burned. So, yes, yeah, yeah, I have a question for you as well, Jess. I don't know if you have any more there, Craig, but uh, I got one more, but one more. Uh, you go I'm ahead just, with yours. I'm just gonna sprinkle one in here. Um, if you had to guess where the number one meeting site uh, for fans of running into, uh, <laughs> where would you think it is? Wait, fa- wait, sorry. I should have let you finish that question, but I, I, I think I already know. Throw the it number one, the, no, wait, the number one site. The number one fans. place yeah. where fans have been pointing out uh, stars of, 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 of Tiger King when yeah, they would been, see them been running on into the street. And bumping into yeah. for, for photos. And... Is it Applebee's? No, it's not Applebee's, <laughs> although that's amazing. Yeah, oh. it's Applebee's at Jace for sure. I gotta say, <laughs> but uh, Walmart has been the number one uh, place oh. where they like, just in keeping with the like. So that's very on brand for the uh, for the Tiger King <laughs> franchise. My God, I if I say. ran into them in a Walmart, I'd lose it. How could you not? How how would you be able to recognize Saf though? Um, yeah. <laughs> last quote. Uh, 22 years doing federal time. That guy's going to die in there. Good riddance. Ooh. Yeah. Carol Baskin. No, Carol didn't get interviewed for this. She refused. Probably worried she would incriminate herself, would be my guess. Yes. Okay, well, then I'll say Jeff Lowe. That one was also Eric Cowie, who. uh, Oh, my God. Yeah. Now, Jeff Lowe said, I don't have the quotes in front of me, but Jeff Lowe basically said, uh, I didn't set Joe Exotic up. He he gave the police all the evidence they needed because he made YouTube videos of him talking about wanting to kill Carol Baskin, which is not unfair. That is something that did happen. But yes. Uh, Turns out a lot of the people, uh, uh, Saf, I think, was uh, not so hard on Joe, but just about everyone else is like, not a fan of that guy now. Yeah, but you could tell that Saf was Saf had soured, but just had no like weird kind of personal ill will towards him enough to be like, yeah, I want to see this guy go down and let you know do the old uh, Sam Jackson where it's like, yeah, I hope he dies and then burns in hell, right? Like you yeah. know, like he did. Like everybody else seemed to take that route, but Saf was just kind of like, eh, he just kind of is doing his time now, you know, and uh, perhaps he deserves it. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, do you feel like Saf may have made the incorrect decision on, on giving up the arm? 
for for this whole fiasco. I couldn't. That was one of the more unbelievable scenes. Before we get into that, yeah, of the entire documentary, where Joe just calmly walks into the gift shop. All right, everybody. Uh, one of the uh, one of our employees has lost an arm to a tiger. You're all gonna get your money back, but uh, everyone's gotta leave the park. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> you Matt. Yeah, can you imagine being one of the people who you're just in there that day? Like, oh, okay, someone's arm just got ripped off. Yeah, and yeah, it was just bad. I don't know, and and the fact that that uh, Saf decided to give up the arm and go back to work. What did, what did he? What was five that? days later. Five days later, or something like that. Now, I thought I was a trooper because I once got stabbed at work in the leg and went back to work like three hours later after I got stitched up. But I mean, this is obviously on a whole other level. Wait a minute. When did you? What? <laughs> oh, I got. Oh, some idiot at, at work. Well, I'm. I'm. I work in kitchens. I should say off the top. And there was some <laughs> idiot at work who was carrying too much crap. One of which included a, a filleting knife. And then was not taking proper safety precautions. And then this fool drove it into my leg. And I had to oh. go. Yeah, as I was walking around the kitchen. And then I had to go get. Uh, I, I had to go. I had to go get. Uh, I was not stabbed in the street. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, did someone run in from like the dining area and no. stab you? No, like, they were really unhappy with their meal. Like no, really yeah. unhappy. My compliments to the chef and then stabbed. Yeah, like. that, no, it was it was someone was being very unsafe, and then I ended up I wound up getting it in the leg and and had to have a few stitches. <laughs> but it wasn't it, obviously this is on a whole other level. But I, but still. Because I believe the choice for Saf was two years of, of surgery and you keep the arm or we just hack it off and you don't have your arm. And to me, that's a no-brainer. Uh, but <laughs> I would do two years of surgery. Now, in the, United States, the might, way. <laughs> it, in the United States, it might be a little different from the perspective of what are the co- – like there's Fair. a financial cost there. Whereas it would be it, hundreds of thousands of dollars too. Right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas here, if the decision of okay, yeah, you do the surgery, and that's bad, but you don't go bankrupt or have to give yeah. up everything you want to make it happen. Whereas I'm sure that was part of SAS calculus. Fair, yeah, you're you're right. It must be said on on that particular level that that was likely factored in. Um, but still, I'm just like, huh, my arm, eh? <laughs> right? Like, yeah, I'm good. I use I use these all the time. Yeah, Homer exactly. Simpson. <laughs> exactly. It's just like they'll grow back, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that was that was just one of the yeah that that was a, a strange decision I thought and and to like I can't remember if if I can't remember if Saf's main kind of logic was. It, like, like there were two kind of schools of thought that that Saf had, where it was like, if I if I if I do this, it's going to implicate on one level, it's going to implicate Joe, and then he's going to end up losing the park or something like that. And then the other one was they will also put the tiger that bit me down, I think. And and Saf didn't want that to happen, so so decided to give up the arm, and I was just like. Wow, I just would not have made that decision. I don't I don't know. What what say you, Jess? Uh yeah, I I feel like this might also go back to what I mentioned earlier that a lot of the people that were working at this park seem to have been in very vulnerable positions. Um, outside of even the economic factor with how much a medical care in, in the States costs. Mm-hmm. I just wonder if she was thinking about her ability to even do, say, physio or whatever, uh, and just 
be able to follow through with the process, even just on a day by day level, given her circumstances, like where she was living and access to support and things of that nature. So I don't entirely remember that portion of it super clearly, like when she was talking about the decision that she made. I definitely remember Joe saying, this is going to ruin me financially. I'll never recover. <laughs> yeah. That has become the best meme from this entire thing is whenever something has, someone has bad, something has bad happened to them. The, the post, the clip, the, the picture of Joe, Joe exotic saying this, I'm never going to recover from this financially. Yeah. <laughs> it's and, and I just wonder like how much of his just craziness was because of the desire for fame and the cameras being rolling all the time because you know like they said he just increasingly was more on and on and on with his persona as he gained more attention right so i don't know like it's it's so hard to tell what he actually believed and what was a show and a front. Like, I, I don't know, like who knows, maybe at some point he really started to drink his own Kool-Aid and was like, I am the tiger King. Like, I, I don't, it's it just reminds me of Lisa Simpson with like, I am the lizard queen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? And I don't often make Simpsons references. So, you know, but <laughs> That's it's a good one though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just feels like there was so much of a, just being in that milieu where he just succumbed to the legend, I guess, of, of Joe Exotic and everyone else did too. Everyone was playing along with it. So it's really hard to like, I guess, evaluate the decisions that people made in those times because it was just such a crazy environment. And if you took any one of them out, they would probably make different decisions. Not since last night's episode of The Bachelor Presents Listen to Your Heart have someone been so desperate to be famous uh, than oh. Joe Exotic. That was, quite, that was quite the drive-by shooting by me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I call it how I seize it. Um, yeah, man, Joe Exotic. What a, a, a television character that will live, I think, in infamy forever and will just be just the... the the guns, the explosives. I mean, it, it, it was meme to hell. And, and this is the thing that we, we cannot again, like it's been mentioned a couple of times that we're, that this is podcast is Canadian, but just something I will never in a million years be able to relate to is just walking into your lo- local grocery store and just being like, give me the biggest gun you've got and <laughs> some explosive ammo to go with that biggest gun you've got. And they just are like, here you go. It's yours now. <laughs> right. Like, and yep. I'm just like, Wow. Uh, I need to, I, there's a dummy of Carol Baskin. I've really got to blow up. Yeah. And he's just like, it's funny. Cause like the way they framed it a couple of times was like, Joe exotic is like, I need to shoot something. And then he just goes to the Walmart and be like, I'm gonna need, give me this and this and then these. And then he would just go to like, so near some lake somewhere. And there was like this tree that had a bunch of like a, like the thick bottom half of like an old, like redwood or something that he would just, put dummies and explosive next to and just be like kablam and then just and he's like god what a stress reliever and i was just like wow and i just which again that 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 must have come in handy for the prosecution at his trial (laughs) oh yeah like i the i mean sorry i'm just i'm choking on my own words here uh i i i acquaint what the prosecution might have done in the joe exotic trial to the opening scene in the first episode of Better Call Saul, 
Like, there's the first episode of Better Call Saul where Saul gives this, like, you know, he's making his closing statements and he's just giving this, like, really long shyster, that was a rat pretty speech sort of thing. And it sounds good and it might have been able to turn a few things. But then the prosecution or, like, the defense makes there or whatever final statement and all, all the guy does is literally push the <laughs> play button on the tape of the overwhelming evidence that the people in question did the crime, right? And it's just like, well, I'm just going to hit play on Joe's YouTube channel and leave the courtroom hopefully the correct decision will be made and then probably ultimately was is, is he's facing like what is he's currently 22 serving? years 22 years Oops. although there are some appeals or, or whatnot in in the works i would imagine because all this has happened relatively recently uh john rinky had a great quote in the uh uh, in in the eighth episode where he said, you know, since I said something along the lines of since I've lost my legs, I've only ever worn pants once. And it was to <laughs> it was to Joe's trial. And the second time I will wear pants since then will be when I return for the appeal or whatever for Joe's <laughs> trial. And I was just like, wow, what a life these people lead. It's just, oh, my God. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about I, I can't remember the name. What was the name of the uh, the the second Joe Exotic husband who Travis Maldonado? Travis That's the saddest Maldonado. part of this whole thing. Travis Maldonado. Or Travis. That was yeah, a, 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 someone that clearly needed help. Uh, like like well, everybody in this show more or less needed help. But this this is a kid who, by all accounts on the on the stuff that we we got, is a kid that probably could have been saved. You know, if he if he if he got some help, and just. The clip of his campaign manager, Josh Dial, who I think was anytime he I, I thought he was probably one of my favorite uh, guys in the entire documentary, because anytime. Let's just say I believed every word out of his mouth and I can't necessarily say the same uh, for for pretty much everybody else that was josh just liked libertarian politics and then everything got weird (laughs) yeah that's all it was yeah he's just like this is me i'm a libertarian i'm a gay libertarian this is me and i just somebody asked me to be a campaign manager and it was my dream job and i was after it and i had no idea what i was getting myself into right and i'm like yeah i believe this man (laughs) right And, and then but like the the footage of him like like the like the look on his face when you see the light flicker from the gunshot of the kid killing himself is is just I I think that was the most horrifying moment in the entire show for me. I don't know what did you think on that, Craig? Yeah, oh, that was the moment that uh uh from a jaw on the floor perspective because I I didn't realize that was Travis's fate when I started watching the show. Like stuff like, oh yeah, Carol Baskin may murder her husband. Uh, that's something I knew was going to happen when I started watching the show because, as Jess said, all the memes, right? Yeah, just too uh, many. But I did not realize it because I don't think it's been meme because it's too sad. But I did not realize that Travis Maldonado was going to, uh, in a, uh, a a gunplay situation, kill himself. That was uh, mm-hmm. uh, the the most shocking moment of the series for me. Yeah, it was uh, pretty horrific, and. I th- I think that anyone watching would have been stunned just the same way that <laughs> that poor campaign manager was. Like I remember just staring at the screen in in shock, mimicking essentially the face of uh, that poor guy. And it's you just like your heart breaks for how desperate 
so many of the people in this show must have been. I feel like I'm a bit of a downer every time we we I, I start to talk. I'm like, it's no, just so it's sad. Sad show, man. There's like, yeah, there's a lot of sad parts. A lot of, this, of nonsense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's not all Joe hilarious Joe exotic. No. I'm getting married, pink T-shirts, right? Like, which I would wear, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> if, if given one Joe exotic outfit to wear, that would be the choice. Uh, but yeah. Sorry, I interrupted there. No, no, no. It's I mean, you're bang on. Like, uh, it's I just I don't I don't know. You I, the more I watched it, and as things became more and more out of hand, I just wondered when is this going to stop? How does this end? How do they intervene? Because like this is not sustainable. This cannot continue. And it's remarkable to me that he was able. Joe Exotic was able to carry on for as long as he did under all of this it's it it just blows my mind yeah it was and then how long before he he rebounded with dylan like a couple, couple of months, months. A couple yeah. months or something like that yeah and uh and uh, the stuff about inviting travis's mom to the wedding and having her like be like the only guest there essentially yeah. that was really dark manipulative stuff so that was pretty bad holy yep. god yeah that that was that was pretty bad and even just like joe's eulogy for travis where he's oh. just like He's just like, you know, that kid loved to show his balls and everybody thought it was hilarious. I'd have been like, oh, my God, please, like, please make it stop. I, yeah, I was literally like, make it stop. Make it stop. For the love of God. Oh, God, that was ugh, that was something else. It's 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 just a great irony, obviously, like one of, one of the great ironies that Joe Exotic, who would have done anything to be famous. And, and you know, this has been pointed out by several people that the man who would have done anything to be famous is now in jail and cannot, uh, you know, and is basically thanks to the quarantine as well, the most popular person on the planet as of right now. And most likely this will be like kind of a 15 minutes, he sort of fame, but still like it's, it's, it, you could consider this the most uh, watched documentary of all time, perhaps. Uh, and he was the, the, the main catalyst and, and the person who the, the series was named after. And now he is in jail and cannot, like get access to any of the the fame that he has now been uh, receiving it, it's 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 bizarre it's it's absolutely this whole thing is bizarre um craig did james garretson go into his barber and say give me the mark davis uh jeez <laughs> deep cut maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah the oh the hitman was uh was definitely a character, Mark Davis. Jeez, right, that's Mark, yeah, that that's guy, not similar hair. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. Uh, what was James Garrison? He just—I was trying to figure out. He was. How did he get involved anywhere? He was just like a, a, a strip club owner that that uh, Jeff Lope sort of. Yeah, yeah. He, he could Jeff Lope's one brought him in. Yes. Yeah, it was a guy you could sponge off of or something like that. Yeah. It was, Weird, which of case led to Alan Grover, who you know, if you're if you were going to ask someone to discreetly kill someone for you, I think Alan Grover is probably at the top of your list, right? Like just the, the interviews with him in the bathtub, <laughs> like whose decision was that? <laughs> that was that was one of the weirdest parts of this, just from a, like what the hell just happened type. Of yeah, thing. and and uh, you guys are in the business, right? <laughs> like so, I can't I can't imagine that that was just like a like. like a decision that like a producer makes or one of the people behind the camera is like, Hey, what if we get you in the bathtub while we're talking, <laughs> talking about, did you receive money to go and murder somebody? 
just like, hold on, I've got to get my elbows. I've never once interviewed someone in a bathtub before, as far no, as I'm aware. Just like, let alone for, did you murder them? Did you receive money to murder this person? It's just like, hold on, got to get my elbows, right? It's just, God. <laughs> what a, what a, you could not make, like, you could not make this stuff up. You just, you could not make this stuff up on any sort of level. It is... Oh my lord! It it, it is. If it someone is... came to you with a fictional script, I mean, no one had heard the story before. Yeah. If someone comes to you with a fictional script and says, "Hey, this is the story I'm going to write," yeah, now everyone would be like, "This is too stupid." No, this is no, this is ridiculous. You couldn't get away with half this stuff in bad airport novels, right? Like, like, yeah. like these these you couldn't get away with these type of twists where it's like because like Jeff Lowe doesn't even come in till like the end of the fourth episode or the third episode or something like that, right? And then he's a staple yeah. of the rest of the way where it's like, this guy probably helped conspire to potentially murder somebody. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> it, we mentioned or you mentioned earlier, Craig, about how the, the, the fact that they had footage of uh, of of Saf uh, and, and the, the tiger attacking Saf's arm was... Uh, I, the other thing I couldn't believe was when that one tiger is like sniffing around, like like uh, Joe Exotic. I think is tra- I think he's cutting a promo for like uh, I think his governor campaign or presidential campaign or whatever it is, and one of the tigers starts like chewing at his shoes, and then immediately starts eating his feet, and nobody, not a single person, gets up to help Joe Exotic as this tiger is trying to eat his feet, and then Joe, you know, initially like strikes the thing on the head with the cane that he's always walking around with. And then when that doesn't stop it, he pulls out a gun and I don't know about you guys, but there's at least two or three microseconds there where I was like, they are going to show Joe exotic blowing this tiger's head off. And then luckily he just did the thing where he shot like next to it just to scare the thing. And the thing jumped back, but then was like, oh, I didn't get shot. And then went back for the shoes and then <laughs> Joe shot it, shot it uh, like at it again to, to scare it, not like to wound it or anything like that. But it was just like I like it was one of those things where I, I was just like, wow, I cannot believe that they actually had footage of that. It was it was it was bleeping incredible. It, it was it was absolutely incredible. I couldn't believe nobody even like thought to at least try to help this guy whose life was in danger in that moment. I don't know. What did you think on that, Jess? Yeah, I think that it's kind of, you know, the the way that the media, especially like reality TV media is portrayed. It's like, just keep rolling. This is, this is gold. You know, like I feel like people got lost in the fact that, what they were filming was out of the norm and it's not normal to be around tigers. And because they were so immersed in it, that this was perhaps something that they saw more often than not. Uh, maybe that's why, like they were just so, you know, they didn't, they, they didn't maybe realize the severity of the situation. Whereas we, the public are just like, Oh my God, <laughs> that tiger's coming for him. His time has come. He's going, he's, he's a goner. Um, but yeah, like I, it was interesting that no one went in there to help them, that they didn't have some kind of safety net. I also think that speaks to just how terrible that zoo was, that there were no uh, just safety levers in place whatsoever of any kind. Like they didn't have, uh, you know, the right 
things in place, the right safeguards. So yeah, I mean, it was it was wild. And I was very relieved that he did not actually hurt the tiger severely, like he didn't shoot them or anything. And I just I kept waiting for one of them to pounce on him as he was like walking away. He kept like turning around, they sort of looked like they were stalking him a little bit. And I was like, Oh, my God, <laughs> just get out of that cage, Joe, before it's too late. But you know what? If if they did take him, I mean, it would be a, a very terrible form of justice. But I, I don't think those animals were treated well at all. And if they got him in the end, well, then there's some kind of justice in that, I suppose. But I'm not rooting for anyone, obviously, to be seriously injured or maimed or anything. But, you know, it's just uh, <laughs> that wasn't very coherent. But those are my thoughts. No, it's uh, I, I, I echo your thoughts. I think they're all pretty reasonable. I don't want to see anything bad happen to anybody either. But, like, is, is the world better off or worse off because Joe Exotic's behind bars right now? Uh, probably not worse off. Like, mm-hmm. he was doing he was doing a lot of things that he shouldn't be doing. And I'm sure that those... Look, I'm, I'm not saying those Tigers are in good hands with Jeff Lowe. Far from it. But, geez. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's not a good situation there. Yeah, no. if... I was relieved by the end when it was like, not that the rest of them don't deserve to have consequences for whatever alleged behavior has gone on. But Joe is certainly a loose cannon and having him contained in some measure makes me feel better about the situation. Yeah. And I, I suppose you're right there too, Jess, where it was like, I, I got at the time, Joe was getting his shoes attacked. They I, they'd been filming him for like three years at that point, right? So yeah. they were probably like, ah, Joe's getting you know, his shoes are getting neat again. Just a normal Tuesday for old Joe, right? Like, yeah, nearly having, nearly having to blow a tiger's head off. This is routine stuff in the life of Joe Exotic, I guess, right? Like, <laughs> Seriously, like God only knows. Like you guys made this point earlier, but like God only knows what else they have in in the records and the footage that yeah. didn't make it in. Like. I don't know, like how much else has gone on, and that's a frightening thought. Yeah, and th- there were so many things that they just kind of like alluded to, and th- and th- this would go back to to when it was uh, to to me saying it was kind of like certain parts of it were sloppy. Like there's one point where they're like. It, it, there's one point where, where they're like, and we found a, a, an FBI antenna on the roof of one of, uh, <laughs> it was a bug or something like that, uh, uh, that, you know, we figured was from the cops or something, or the FBI, they were trying to spy on Joe, or or maybe Carol put it there to try to get incriminating evidence, so Joe had to kind of start, you know, being careful about what he said, and it was like... It was like the biggest thing you've ever seen in your entire life. Like it, it was like the opposite of of anything that you've ever seen when you watch a movie and they're like, oh, we've got to bug somebody to get you know this incriminating evidence. And it's always this tiny thing that they've got to like slip into somebody's like like slip under the bottom of somebody's coffee mug so that they can like hear what they're saying. And they're like this giant. And then they just address that for like. I don't know, like five minutes in one episode and then never brought it up again where it was like, yeah, we thought we found an FBI like listening device on the top of one of Joe's trailers. And it was like, that's probably not what it was. Right. And it was just like, and I, I, and when they never called back to it two episodes later and, uh, and when the series was ended, I was thinking about the show. I was like, why did they leave that in the documentary? Right. Like, <laughs> like I'm sure they had other footage they could have filled there instead of bringing up, like we thought there was an FBI, uh, uh, the FBI might have been monitoring us. It was just so insane. Um, do you think... I, I wanted to ask you this, Craig. Do you think that, weirdly enough, I, I think the worst person in terms of monetary value 
off of this lost like like the, the, the person who i think might have lost the most money off of this weirdly might have been jeff Lowe because if he'd got that zoo ready to go uh and the, like let's say we live in a world where there's no quarantine and everything was is is oh that zoo would be uh, a license to print money yeah like I, I i i think i think back to at least for a, for a good solid year there right like like it, it might not have stayed like that but to me i think back to when they went back. I think it was like season three of Jersey Shore because season two they like went to Miami, right? Season yeah. season three when they went back to the shore in the summertime, and they were still working at the t-shirt shop, which you know was a was kind of a poor decision in in hindsight. Was still putting them at the t-shirt shop, but there were like there would be like shots of Pauly D leaving the t-shirt shop, and they had to have the velvet rope keeping people <laughs> away from the t-shirt, and there were just hundreds, possibly thousands of people. It behind the velvet rope, just like trying to get to, because it, like at the time when that was the hottest show on television, Jersey Shore back in like 2011 or whenever it was that like, like why wouldn't you want to go down to the, t- to the, to the boardwalk and buy a t-shirt from the, from the Jersey Shore people. Right. If you, if you, if you have the means to do so, like why, why would you not do that? That like if, if Jeff Lowe was able to get his zoo up and going and, and we lived in a world where there was no quarantine, yeah, he he's probably missing out on some dough. Yes. Yeah. I uh, would think so. But now here's the other that that's a t- double-edged sword from the perspective of is this show as popular as it is, if not for the fact that everyone's stuck inside right now. True. Yes. Very I think true. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, now that said, I'm sure it would still be popular. People would still be watching it, mm-hmm. and would people want to go to that zoo just to see what's going on? Yeah, probably. So yeah, the fact that the zoo's closed right now is probably uh, uh, probably costing Jeff Lowe some money, but I'm not terribly sad about that. No, <laughs> I was just gonna say it'd be good if, he, if we could just get the tigers away from Jeff Lowe. But here's the thing: you can't just like release the tigers, obviously, <laughs> and you can't like no. Uh, you can't take them back where they belong because they would be dead in two seconds. So I don't yeah. know what you do with these tigers, but geez. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, know. the tigers. Well, it was like the Ohio story. They were talking about the first episode, and Jess and I were talking about this. I think it was uh, talking about it with you, Jess. Uh, whereas, like, I, we both vaguely remembered like having that story in newscasts. Like, oh yeah, there's like you know tigers running around Ohio. That's weird. Well, yeah, okay. Oh. It just reminded when you said it, Craig. It just reminded me of some like old timey villain being like, "Release the hounds!" Yeah, <laughs> release the tigers. No. <laughs> yeah, like that. That would have been like Lex, like Lex Luthor in the old like '70s Super Friends cartoon would have been like, "I have created a tiger made purely of kryptonite, and I will release him on Superman." Right? <laughs> All this poorly animated stuff from the '70s, right? Where only his mouth is moving, everything else is in place. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And then Superman would see a tiger made of like there'd be this green tiger, and Superman would be like, "Oh no, <laughs> right? what will I do? A tiger made of kryptonite? God, like it just it speaks to how like these people are not real. These are cartoon characters that have like come to life. It's it's just man, meth is a hell of a drug, you guys. It is an absolute hell of a drug. Um, do you think Met- Carol Baskins killed her killed her husband? Jeff, that- go. Don't ask me this. We're all gonna just round table right now. Let's 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 get it out in the open. Oh my god. I just I mean, would I be stunned if some evidence did come up? 
no, I wouldn't be stunned. Like, or extra evidence, I mean. Like, if they found him mm-hmm. under the, the the hot water tank or whatever the heck it is. Yeah, uh, septic, septic tank. tank. Septic yeah, tank like, yeah. if they found some actual physical proof, uh, I wouldn't be stunned. But at the same time, I just think that so much of it is hyped up that it's like, what do you believe? I don't know. It's, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I just my brain can't compute everything so I just kind of like wash my hands of it like my, my brain pops out two little hands it's like nope not thinking about it anymore because <laughs> it's just too much I'm like are you for real I don't know I mean I'm gonna say maybe yes that's the best you're gonna get out of me <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're right, and it goes back to me, you know, saying that this, like, in, in terms of actual production, this was a very sloppily put together documentary because they really only t- told one side of that thing with yeah. the thing where it was like, well, Joe thinks she, she she did it, and and Jeff Lowe thinks she did it, and they have now, all now these... they did have they did have the husband's kids saying that they like True. they didn't say oh we outwardly think Carol Baskin killed our dad, yeah, but they, they, they seem to believe that yeah they they didn't want to insinuate as much as flat out say it but they couldn't because they 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 knew that that would open up a whole can of worms on their end but yeah and and obviously you're more inclined to believe those people than than joe and and jeff but it was also like but there was also the moment where carol baskins was like well if you were going to kill somebody with a tiger i guess you would use (laughs) sardine oil and then it's like what are you doing (laughs) like sardine oil i think it would really get them going and then they probably just wouldn't stop and it was like Lord. <laughs> oh man, that that was yeah. The 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 fact that they had uh, the the children and the ex wife, I believe of uh, yeah of, yeah of, uh, John Lewis, John Lewis, yeah, who seemed like she didn't harbor any ill will towards the man. Uh, can't imagine why. I don't know. What's your opinion on that whole thing, Craig? Well, when it comes to whether Carol Baskin's a murderer, yeah, the all you have to think that she is would be that she had a motive, means, and opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> kind Uh-oh. of the big three of murder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If this was a Law & Order episode, yeah. they would be in a really good spot here. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Lenny Briscoe would be saying, well, looks like this one's for the cats, and walking out at the end of the episode, the credits would roll. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You're like, oh, God, what would... Uh... Oh, God, well, Jerry Orbach? No, well, yeah, I, well, God, I love Jerry Orbach. Rest in peace. But what was CSI Miami? What, what was? Uh, oh, David Caruso. Uh, Caruso. What would Caruso's one-liner be for that? For... I got it. I got it. He would yeah. take off his sunglasses or put them on, whichever yeah. one it is, and say, "Meow." That's what it would be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or, yeah. Or, or, or this kitty's got claws. Yeah. Oh man, so many, so many cat. <laughs> So many cat puns, right? <laughs> oh, man. It's the perfect murder. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta stop. <laughs> oh, no. Keep going, please. Uh, All my mean... training in the news world has come to this. All my puntastic <laughs> yeah. work. Here we go. It's all yeah. building to this moment. <laughs> yep. If Carol Baskin ever gets charged, there are headline writers all over the globe who are ready. <laughs> Re- <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's... it's, it's yeah, it's it's it it's a bad episode of Criminal Minds. <laughs> so like I like I imagine yeah. they're they're probably writing the Criminal Minds episode right now as to like you know I'm, 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 
I know Shamar Moore is not there anymore on Criminal Minds, but they should probably bring him out of retirement for for uh, <laughs> for one last Tiger King Carol Baskins themed episode of, of Criminal. I Minds. just if the original Law and Order was still on, yeah. like who doesn't want to see Benjamin Bratt investigating this? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I will say that Shamar Moore is living his best life on SWAT right now, and I am a loyal viewer of that. Mm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, sure, we'll loan him back to uh, Criminal Minds. That's no problem. <laughs> yeah, he just come back for what, just one episode. He just makes yeah, his, yeah, makes his re debut. Uh, <laughs> man, uh, is there anything else anybody wants to bring up? Any specific moments? Yes. Or... Yes. Throw it out there. Throw it out there, please. If I ever plan a murder, which I never will, it will be done at Applebee's. <laughs> Actually, no, I should say to frame someone yeah, for that murder. person's murder plot, because that's what that was all about. But I just could not believe, and I don't know why I was shocked by this, because the rest of it's insane. But, I mean, if you're going to start to plot a criminal thing, don't go to a public place. <laughs> yeah. Never mind an Applebee's. Like, you're sitting there discussing stitching someone up, and the waitress comes over and says, Hi, y'all, you want some refills on your sweet tea? Like, I yeah. can't imagine that. Come on. You want the loaded baked potato or the mashed? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You want I'll some go- extra cheese? <laughs> I'll go with the extra cheese. Anyway, so we're going to get Joe to talk to the feds. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then so we're we going to plant just... a ridiculously large antenna on his truck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I think the best chance to kill that person will be on her bike route. But again, it's a bunch of people who are not smart trying to be like, hey, what if we murdered somebody in this fashion, right? Terrible. Terrible. Oh, my God. It, like, I guess that, I, I can't reiterate this enough. You couldn't get away with these twists and turns in a bad airport novel. Honestly, ah. you really couldn't. Do you know what oh. it reminds me of? Threat Level Midnight from The Office. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what it reminds me of. Is that the one where everybody turns out to be a double-crossing agent or a double agent? <laughs> Is that uh, I think so, but it's like it's, it's got to be like a whole song or whatever, right? Yeah, Mike yeah. Scott wrote his action movie yeah. with... Uh, Agent Michael Scarn. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, everybody was a double agent in that one, though, right? Uh, <laughs> well, I think the only double agent was uh, Daryl, who was playing President Jackson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Daryl owned the arena where the, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, the whole thing was nuts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Jeez. Uh, Craig, is there anything else you wanted to bring up as far as Tiger King goes? Uh, I didn't know that we were going to get in the front level at midnight, but yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. I'm glad we did. Just uh, stare into the skid, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it was good. Uh, well, no, I, I just, uh, it was an incredible watch. And I will say this, um, when people talk about this quarantine or whatever it is we're in for however long it lasts, like mm-hmm. Tiger King was the most popular thing is going to be associated with this forever. Like yeah. this is going to be part of our cultural experience. The fact that this seven episodes of television was available to us all during this time. And it's a weird thing to say, but oh, oh yeah, right. remember quarantine was watching Tiger King. Like that's going to be a thing that we have like for the rest of our lives. Yeah. It's a weird thing to say, but it's true. Wow. You're right. I didn't even, I didn't even really think of that. Cause I'm thinking about, cause I am, I am of the belief as of us having this conversation, which is Tuesday, April 14th, 2020, um, that, uh, 
the, the the NBA and the NHL are still on postpone right now. I am of the mind that I believe that those things are going to wind up ultimately being canceled and there will be no NBA champion and no Stanley Cup awarded for 2020. Because logis- logistically, it just it, it's ultimately going to make sense and come down to that. I don't want to get into the details of it because Craig and I will likely cover that on, on a different <laughs> podcast in the next few months. But uh, <laughs> but uh, like but as of us sitting here right now, I just I just feel like that's the way we're going. So t- like 20 years from now, Craig, when when we're you know potentially bouncing grandkids or, or we're, we're 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 talking to our you know our children will be all grows up and whatnot, and we're reminiscing about you know because like you know our kids are both young enough that they're that they have no um they don't know anything's wrong in the world at all yeah they don't have anything wrong in the world they like a, like a, a, a few things like when uh like like they have inklings i would imagine same same as you like like uh, thea my, my baby girl when uh her grandmother comes over and she's not allowed to like go and hug her grandmother and stuff like that she's kind of looking around like what the hell is this <laughs> right like, you know <laughs> but like but other than that she you know she has no idea that there you know it's there's a pandemic sweeping the globe but you know like 20 years from now when they're all grows up or even 15 years from now when they're all grows up and we're we're recounting it we're gonna be like yeah it was crazy you know dad was a stay-at-home you know i was a stay-at-home dad it's why they awarded no stanley cup and no nba champion and also tiger king was the biggest thing on the like planet, the, planet what, hey what did people yeah. do for fun we watched yeah. tiger king yeah like that, exactly like yeah yeah yeah, it's and like who like, knows if who knows if Netflix is still around in in fifteen years and that sort of a thing, right? We'll be like we watch this thing called Netflix, right? And like, cause who knows <laughs> what the next decade plus is gonna bring, right? So uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, we sat around Netflix and watched Tiger King and 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 we ate ramen, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like how everybody is is saying now. Hey, remember a couple of years ago when clowns were out attacking people? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, that's what that's going to be like. It's like, remember when we watched a docu-series about this guy with tigers? Like, that's these are the strange things in like our... We're going to Google Joe Exotic and be like, is he still alive? Is he still in jail? Right? Like, yeah. Like, yeah right? Like, like, in 22 well, years, we'll be like, oh my God, he's getting out. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine? Yeah. I will say this. Like, with the news that Joe Exotic has COVID-19. Yeah. Uh, that, if was Joe Exotic, peak, that was peak uh, 2020. Yeah. Peak 2020, yeah. right? Yeah. Like the, oh, the two biggest things of 2020, Joe Exotic and coronavirus, combining into one. But yeah. <laughs> with, if, if Joe Exotic passes away from coronavirus, and I, I truly hope this does not happen, to be clear, but yeah. it, it, that is going to be rem- like, oh, okay, that will be like the moment that sort of defines probably the next decade. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, Joe Exotic died of coronavirus. That's how this decade began. So yeah. that's it. But again, uh, he's in the prison system. I hope he's getting good medical treatment. I, I suspect he probably isn't in the prison system in the southern United States, but I hope he's doing okay. Yeah. What a downer to go out on. But I'm I, sorry. There, there's Jeez, no, honestly, Craig. Craig, there was no way we were going to go out on a high note in Tiger King. I just, I don't see the idea. So I've got one idea. Possible, right? <laughs> Can we talk about very quickly? I know it wasn't Joe singing on the tracks. But those oh, are some, yes. those are some good songs. I could not, yeah, I could not believe people actually thought that was Joe Exotic singing on those tracks. I can't believe people had to deep dive to figure out that it yeah. wasn't him. I listened to one note, and I do not have a good musical ear. My wife is the one with that in our family. But even I was like, yeah, no, the guy who sounds like Jake the Snake Roberts when he's talking <laughs> regularly does not have this silky, sultry, velvet and peanut buttery like country voice when he's singing. I'm sorry, that is not the case, people. And like I just yeah, I could but like the music videos 
my god <laughs> like, yeah. just absolutely my god and that wasn't even the craziest thing that i saw music video wise in that show which might have been like like for the unintentional comedy moment it might have been james garrison again with his uh, with his mark davis haircut yeah. on the on the uh on the jet ski with his oh my god he's like i got my evidence <laughs> yes. and that, that was his david caruso moment right because he goes i got my evidence and then puts on the sunglasses and then you've just got the head-on shot of him in the jet glorious ski. Just i tweeted that there's already a gif of him on that jet ski and oh, i'm yeah. so grateful for it yeah just fat folds in, the, in just like flapping in the wind and it was just like wow that's a strong move right there jeez, <laughs> oh god i say good for him ride yeah. your jet ski into your own truth man yeah, that was good for you like you do you fella i'm your proud of you life, your jet ski what's With, that uh, Live your best life, I guess, which is, for some right. reason includes a terrible Mark Davis haircut. That's, that's right. That's just, oh, man, so strange. Uh, anyway, Tiger King 2020 will live forever. Do you think we get, like, a follow-up documentary to this, or do you think it, it just kind of fades? Uh, I, I think it fades. I don't know what more you can do so long as Joe's yeah. in prison, though. Exactly. Right? If Joe yeah. is out of prison, then all bets are off on literally anything happening. Yeah, because yeah. it could be, there, there could be, like, a... a, a Jersey Shore. I, I, I keep comparing this to Jersey Shore, but like in terms of documented reality kind of phenomenon shows, it's it. I I feel there's comparison. I think it's today. on the same plane. Yep. Yeah. Um. It, it would be a little bit like okay, he's out. Let's just start shooting again. <laughs> and and Joe, he knowing he's going to be watched. Uh, dare I say it? <laughs> if kid could is is there a notch that Joe Exotic can take it up to that he has yet to reach? <laughs> Whew, that's a. It's a heck of a thought, right? But uh, I don't want to think about that, man. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, yeah, yeah, probably for the best. Unfortunately, I, I don't think that uh, I, I, I would be stunned if uh, Joe Exotic was was allowed to be released from prison because, yeah, seems pretty guilty <laughs> to me. I'm just gonna yeah. throw that out there. Uh, yeah, I think was... I think I think that the justice system got it right on that one. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> think there was a mistake there. No, for sure. Um, crossover podcast available at the crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast, and soundcloud.com slash crossoverpodcast. We're on iTunes. Please rate and subscribe. Five stars only. And as always, you do not have to listen, but please download the crossover podcast. We're also on Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. So please listen there and pump up those numbers. Uh, we would really appreciate it. And leave it a review on any of those uh, platforms that I uh, just remember. Five stars only, though, as, as previously stated. Um, so that'll be it for this week uh, as far as the podcast goes goes uh we will be back next week uh craig and i are probably going to return uh we enjoyed the uh sports rewatchable so much with that that jays and got a lot of good feedback on that on that jays game four pod that we did craig so um i'm not going to say what it is uh but uh we we are going to do a a sports rewatchable that is is near and dear to uh people up north so uh it uh it is an international competition. That is the only uh, hint that I will I will give as far as uh, as as far as that for a sports rewatchables. But we will be back next week doing that sort of thing. Uh, Craig Needles, Jess Brady, thank you very much. Uh, it's a it's a pleasure as always to have uh, the pair of you on this podcast. And hopefully Netflix comes up with some other sort of nonsense documentary so we can have Jess back as quickly as possible. <laughs> or maybe maybe we just dive headfirst into uh, Bachelor. Uh, God, what was the title of that? Listen one? to your heart. To I didn't watch heart. a second of that last night. My wife did. I have no idea what it's all about. 
I didn't um, even know that it was a thing until uh, I saw posts about it on 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 the gram. So I I can try and find it and, and watch it. <laughs> it's 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 something. I got I gotta say, um, it I, I I had no intention of watching it, but uh, you know the options have all of a sudden become limited, and uh, you know beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> so I gave the first episode a shot, and I was correct in my assessment that this is not going to be for Matt Pierce. But I don't know if I'll look away. Alright, like, I, I, I may just continue it just for for I just here's what I'll say and then we'll, here's what I'll say and then we'll get out of here because I already signed off. I, I I could not believe that they tried as hard as they did to link that show to uh, A Star Is Born and, and and make it seem like the only way you can succeed in in music is to have because. I was like, did people watch the end of A Star Is Born? Why are they trying to draw comparisons to this movie? <laughs> like, like, people saw the oh, ending. I haven't <laughs> seen that film, but I hear it ends badly. Yeah. But like, I think, but it's also a movie that gets remade every thirty years, Craig. There's, there's, there's like three other uh, Star Is Borns, right? Like, basically, yeah, Hollywood just has a thing where they're like, every twenty years, we're gonna reboot it with, with you know, a, 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 a guy and a girl who are just gonna redo A Star Is Born, which, you know, sure. Why not? But it's like it always ends in tragedy is the point, right? It's like it's like the, those, you know, it's like people who have been like, y- you know, that the end of Romeo and Juliet is not good, right? Like, like when, when people say, oh, they're like Romeo and Juliet. And I'm like, that's not good. <laughs> like, it didn't end well. That play didn't end well for anybody. It was bad. Oh, God. Anyway, that's uh, for Rosalind. She got out of there. True, she did. Yeah. True. Can, you can never forget Rosalind. Uh, again, Jess, Craig, thank you very much. Always great to have you guys. And uh, we will talk to you next time on the Crossover Podcast. Yeah.